Hi guys and welcome back to Your Pussy for a Podcast. I'm Aman. I'm Salma. And I'm Saba. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to put the microphone close. <laughs> We're always turning off Saba for being too quiet. <laughs> so, <laughs> so today um, I thought we we're really good actually to discuss a topic that I think it would be really cool to just explore your ideas about what you think they are and potentially what the public perceive these to be and, and, and how those have probably changed and also what it's like in the UK compared to like back home. So we're going to talk about meritocracy and nepotism. But before I read out the official dictionary um, meanings, what are your first initial um, thoughts about what meritocracy is and what nepotism is? Is meritocracy, uh, I'm not sure, is it like how far you get based on merit? Okay, and then obviously nepotism is getting into that position based on someone that you know or you're related to and like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same with me. Yeah. So um, for meritocracy, the official noun meaning is government or the holding of power by people selected according to merit. Um, So I guess in a way, meritocracy is almost like an ideal society but obviously isn't given that we're all humans, but actually in an ideal world, you would want your success to be, you know, attesting to how well you've done in school or in your career or whatever, wherever that might be purely based on that. But we know that's not the case. But we know that's obviously not the case, but, but that's probably the ideal that people are working towards. And nepotism, again, the noun is the practice among those with power or influence of favoring relatives or friends especially by giving them jobs. Mm-hmm. So the reason as to why I think it's interesting to speak about the both of them together is because they're both the opposite of one another, mm. but they also work hand in hand with mm. one another, particularly in Western society. So in the UK, in America, France, like basically all of the G7, I would say, um, promote meritocracy but actually work on the back of nepotism. Mm. So growing up, I've always heard, oh, you know, you can study as much as you want, particularly if, let's say, for example, you want to get into law. You can study as much as you want, but if you've got the great connections, you can get into X, Y, or Z. Mm. Same with corporate jobs now. Like there's so many people that I know now that I'm stepping up the ladder that have gotten to positions that they're in because of who they know. Not not necessarily because they're qualified of the job, qualified for the job. Um, so I, I wanted to kind of bring that to the table and hear your thoughts on it, but also hear your thoughts on, A, what we could do to remediate and to change that. And mm. are there any steps that we can that, that we can try to achieve the ultimate goal of meritocracy if that is the ultimate goal? Um, and B, I guess speaking about back home, will we ever see that change in our lifetime? Um, and What do you mean by back home? So, like in Morocco, for example, nepotism is rife. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Is what I mean. So, yeah. So, kind of open to... I don't know if we can ever... Because the ideal goal is meritocracy, for sure, obviously. So, we can all be in positions that we are worthy of, depending on like our experience. Mm. But, I think as humans, there's always biases and societal assumptions and feelings and stuff like that. And also... At the end of the day, unfortunately, which is the case in a lot of workplaces, 
I know that people hire people because they see themselves in them. Mm. So I know like a lot of white men will hire white men because they are like, oh yeah, I see myself in in him. and I know he can do this. Or I can see the confidence because a lot of it is just confidence half the time. And then it's like, maybe, you know, you're a person of color or a woman, et cetera, et cetera. And you're not as confident in that situation. And you aren't able to get into those positions because you haven't carried yourself up there. Because at the end of the day, if you're not able to sell yourself, you're not going to get there. And that's why meritocracy is a bit of a, it's not that it's not impossible to achieve. It's just harder because there are a lot of factors to play, especially because it's humans judging humans and humans are assuming on that. So that's my opinion. Of course, the dream is everyone who's worthy of a, of a position gets there. But I don't know. But then even with meritocracy, how can we quantify success, right? So do we quantify, what's the measure here? Is it genuinely just good grades in school? No, I think and, it, and working out for that because 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 the, the, those measures can't be quantified by a particular subset of categories because people work differently, people have different needs, people people will achieve certain goals depending on however it is that that they work that's unique to them. And that, I think, is the issue of meritocracy, is it doesn't take into account the intricacies of being a human. Yeah, it's true. And as well with the academic aspect of it, because mm. the way academia works is we're all judged on exams and coursework. Right. And half the time, some people are just not good at exams. They're just yeah. not good at it. Yeah. It doesn't mean they're dumb. It just means they, that form of yeah. testing doesn't yeah. work for them, even though they're so smart. Yeah. Exams so. is just memorization. Well, exactly. Way. So, yeah. if, so if so you're a good you remember and you're good at exams. So currently, for example, there are some jobs. Um, I think the civil service is one of them whereby you, you have blind sifts, right? So you have CVs that come in that don't have names or anything like that. Um, but for example, you could do a test online to yeah. assess your skills. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Now, if somebody isn't good at exams, that's not a fair way. Yeah. How is that a fair way? Yeah. yeah. Of 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 judging whether they are apt enough for that role. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I work in this field somewhat, so it's very, very, very tricky. And also, how do you? I think it all depends on privilege. It's all rooted in privilege. If you are, even if, so let's say, let's think about it in this way. You growing up, you might not have had the same privileges as someone who, you know, has a private tutor and goes to a private school and has all the opportunities to learn as much as they want and, like, excel at school. And then, let's say, your mum goes to, uh, you know, a red brick uni and she's a legacy that, well, let's say, actually, American system, not here, because uh, we don't really have that much. But, like, let's say you're a legacy and you've been donating for years and years and years to Harvard or whatever, right? And then you go in as a legacy. like. That whole thing is rooted in privilege. Mm. Now, let's say you're none of that, right? And you're just a regular kid and you've worked really, really, really hard and you get in based on a scholarship or whatever and you make it. And then you get to a point, you're going to want to lift up your people as well. You're going to recommend them for roles. You're going to want to try and bring them in and you're going to want to expand that. But that is also nepotism to an extent. Mm. But then it's like, that's what makes it, really tricky I think whenever you get to a position based on meritocracy even then you might I've done it myself where I'll recommend someone for a role because I'm like yeah absolutely get them in but I wasn't 
and I, I didn't get in through nepotism. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I don't know if I would really consider that nepotism in a way. But then I other people might see it as that. Yeah. Well, I don't know either, but I've always said that the higher up the career ladder I go, I'm always going to want to give opportunities to yeah, people absolutely. around me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right? I want to make sure that they're they're frontline in the position. At least until things are balanced CVs somewhat, and, because right now it's not balanced. Right. But then am I, by me doing that, am I removing the opportunity from somebody that doesn't have that? I am. Yeah. yeah. I, I can completely see that. But that, there has to be someone that loses. There always has to be. But someone to win, someone has to but lose. But what I find also really interesting, so there's some companies as well that... There's a referral screen. Right. So you will get paid. encouraged. Yeah. You will get paid if the person gets the job of the person that you referred. And the yeah. person who gets the job also gets paid. Mm-hmm. So it gives more incentive to bring your own people in to interview for roles. Again, nepotism. Yeah. So a lot of like a lot of recruiters and things like that will like encourage you to try and get away, get into an organization or get into a company by getting a referral. Mm. And then it just kind of snowballs into it's about who you know. And it is always these really large companies. It is usually about who you know. And if even if I was like starting my own company, for example, right? And I had to build my own team. I'm going to go to the people I know. Yeah. I know it's biased, but I know what they've studied. I know how, how I work. work with them. Yeah. I know this, that, that. I'm going to favor that. Yeah. So it is, it's really difficult. Um, I think to gauge how how that's okay and how it isn't. I think a, the best way to do it is probably having a balance of like, yeah, maybe someone that you know who does work well, and it might be nepotism, and someone who you've brought in based on meritocracy. Yeah. But then we were speaking earlier, actually, to tell me about the Suzuki. Yeah, so in Japan, I was reading up on this earlier. It's really interesting. So Suzuki, the company, I can't remember the owner who what their name is, but they have this thing in Japan where it is actually based on meritocracy. Like people will, you know, carry on a company and like take over and stuff. But what they do is they will adopt someone from the company. So they have the name of that family and they could be a 25 year old they could be a 30 year old so they have that name but it's based on meritocracy it could be a random person who's just a really hard worker but now they have the surname Kazimi for example my surname right and then they can carry on the legacy of the company and carry on within the family but it isn't actually families it's just such a blurred area yeah I found it really interesting but is that just this whole obsession with trying to keep a bloodline. But, mm. but again, if it's a small family-owned business and they want to make it... But Suzuki is it? But it must have started as one. But then why do they continue that practice of adopting? Maybe it's the way to motivate people. It's like a monarchy. Do you know what I mean? It's almost mm. like in the, the, the biggest form of nepotism is the monarchy. Mm. It's just... You're carrying that family name. You're known for something, you know? Mm. I think it's also, like you're saying, it's dependent on industries, on how bad it can be. So I think with companies, sure, it is quite bad because, you know, who you know is how you get in half the time. But I feel like some industries, like the entertainment industry is just completely nepotism. I feel like that's just a producer's son or daughter can call up and be like, I want my kid in this movie. Give them anything. And they're in. 
Like that's all it takes. Yeah. That's why when it's, you know, people from less privileged backgrounds, it's so much harder to break into that industry because it is completely who you know. You, yeah. It's just as, there's, there's this, almost a wall of exclusivity. I was looking, I was looking into that and it, it's really interesting because even with like supermodels mm. before social media, the only way they would get scouted is in real life, randomly on Walking the street around. or through nepotism. Yeah. Those were the only two ways is you would be a model. Is the, the like, and because it's purely based on how you look, so there has to either be a direct referral, link. D- direct link and referral, or as you say, and scouting on the street. I think, in particularly with like Hollywood and those industries, yeah, yeah. it's extra hard because it's something based on like your it's subjective as well a little bit yeah. whether it's the art world or if it's acting or whatever there's like so many different styles it's a really really hard industry to get into and you're not you're not everyone's cup of tea do you know what i mean you can't be necessarily tested in the way you would be for an office job yeah so i think it's such a difficult industry to get your foot in and it's so like only a a very small percentage actually succeed Mm. and that's what makes it so incredibly unfair Mm. that there's not enough opportunity for that Mm. and you see it with like all these different you know I think it's especially noticeable in the modeling industry then they get into acting and then they get into this and it like they become the industry yeah they become the household names when necessarily they're not necessarily the most talented yeah and I think that's what's what's happened yeah I, I can't tell if it's gotten worse I feel like it has I feel like every single famous person has a nepotism baby I don't know if it's gotten worse or if it's more easy to research who their parent is. Ah, that's interesting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I never knew Drew Barrymore had such a yeah. massive legacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, I didn't yeah, know. Yeah. She's a massive nepotism baby. Yeah, yeah. Massive. I had no idea. But obviously now I know. And I think it's because it's so Even like Kate Hudson as well, both her parents. Kate Hudson, Diana Ross. Massive. Diana Ross. Like all these people. Massive. Yeah. Well, interestingly, Idris Elba's daughter... Mm-hmm. Wanted to go for a role And she asked her dad Her dad said no Oh interesting Her dad said no you're not ready I think I read somewhere that she didn't speak to him for like two weeks Oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I think I heard something similar So in uh, Straight Outta Compton um, Ice Cube's son mm. Who played his dad Oh he was yeah. brilliant He was amazing it Looked exactly like him it was So mm. scary but so good um, he had to audition for the role. His dad didn't let him have yeah, it. Yeah, good. He yeah. said, you're going to go through the audition process and you're going to be me and that's how you're going to do it. But then yeah. as well, the people who produced it or whatever, yeah. they know that's in, Ice Cube's son. They the know he looks exactly, exactly like him. See, again, we go back to the human irrationality of like, yeah. you're going to be biased. But I think that was perfectly cast. Yeah, no, no, he was that amazing. Was no there was no one else that could have done it. No yeah. Um Also speaking on nepotism, the other thing that, again, it's like UK vibes. Um, every prime minister, mm. every prime right. minister is, this is the same background. Well, I was gonna say, are certain industries okay for nepotism to exist in certain industries? No, no, no way. Prime minister, no way. I don't. No, I, I was think... gonna say, is politics perhaps an industry that we think nepotism? And then is is Hollywood, for example. A little bit more acceptable. I think we will always favour the person that we know. It's exactly like Salma said, in that you see yourself in them. Yeah. And you want naturally yourself to succeed. So you're going to do 
you're going to be more lenient with them. You're going to let them have certain privileges you might not let other people in the team have. I don't think it's ever completely fair. And with a lot of industries, that's the case. And it's really, really difficult to get your foot in the door. And I think once you do get your foot in the door, the cycle continues because you're like, it was so hard for me to get here. I want to give that opportunity to this person. Yeah. So that's my rationale. My rationale is it was so hard for me to get here. I want to break the ceiling a bit I more for the people. I want to make it easier yeah, for yeah, people yeah, yeah. to get into this. Have any of you guys ever benefited of nepotism? Yes. I don't think I have. Yes. I don't know. I haven't, I don't think. But but you were aware of it? Like if, yes. were you, okay. Were but you, then, but were no. you given certain privileges? Because I was going to say, I don't think you've privileged off it. No. No, okay. I wasn't given certain privileges, but I was given the key to unlock the door. You were given the knowledge and the insight of how yeah. to. That's yeah. I don't think strategize that's technically nepotism. I think that's just. Well, I had a job interview, and it was somebody that I knew, and she got me the first ever job interview. Okay, mm. so it was like the door opening for you. Okay, but you you did the rest. Yeah, I did the rest after that, and. And other stuff so in I've some done. way, it is a lit, like the beginning was nepotism. Yeah, yeah. getting the, the foot in the door. Yeah, yeah getting, the, getting door. the foot. But in the then door. again, that's like with most. And then I guess exposure, because mm. as, as as we said earlier, I've always been taught um, that it's just all about who you know. Yeah, that's a lie. I have benefited of nepotism. My first ever job was a referral from my sister. Yeah. There we go. Oh. I mean, I can I can think of two instances now, but I can probably think of a bunch of others that have benefited of it. Yeah. I mean, I got an interview through a friend and I messed it up, so I didn't get the job. But that's my fault. But if you had, yeah. But if you had, if you, I had, yeah, you yeah. Would have. yeah, yeah. But then as well, it's tricky because when you started working there, did they all know that you got the job based on that person? No. And like, was that person in a really high position that they could influence your position? No. Then do we so, think that's nepotism? So the person wasn't in a position in in either scenario that I'm thinking of. The person wasn't in the decision making process to hire. Mm-hmm. No. So they just literally introduced you, and that was all. Introduced me, but also actively or certainly proactively went out of their way to speak positively and highly and say, "No, I think she'd be good," and just yeah, picked you up. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm with Saba on that one. I don't know if it technically is nepotism. I think if they don't, maybe if they don't have a say in the hiring decision, if they're not in a position that's above you that can influence your position as well, so they can't give you certain benefits. And your name or, hasn't pushed anything. Or influence say, those who would manage you. No, I would say there is an, there is an influence. Okay. But this is the thing, when it comes to this stuff, it's good, for example, for you to be aware of it. Because there are some people as well who aren't aware that they even mm. like benefited off it. Mm. Like the self-made billionaires, it's like you weren't self-made. You, yeah, were, yeah, yeah. you, were, you were given the tools and yeah. you were shown the way. You were given basically the blueprint and you just went along with it. Yeah. But then I feel like it's so hard because it's how everyone gets in. And it's like, you don't come from a place where you've had every single privilege where you would have gotten that by any other means. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Because the people that get into that industry where you did work, usually know each other, 
or they went to a certain mm. uni- university or they did a certain thing that it, they were going to get into that place. They probably got into it through people they knew. Yeah. Mm. But you know what's funny? So one of the jobs that I'm in now, I got completely alone. Mm. And I was so proud. But would you have gotten into it if you had started out from without having that role before no. that you got in through the... No. But then, are we, okay, so here's my question. Because I feel like we're near like a gray area. Is networking and the connections you form through networking nepotism. a form of nepotism? I don't know. Because <laughs> I'm not sure if it is. I'm not I, sure. I don't, I don't think. But then again, if I was a director and I hired someone just because I know them, is that's technically nepotism, right? It's not networking. And the same thing in a job role, you know, not like in a corporate scenario. Did you read the definition for nepotism? Yeah. Let's read it out again. Yeah, I think let's hear let's it. Let's go back to it. The practice among those with power or influence of favoring relatives or friends, especially by giving them jobs See, so this networking. is a person of so oh, hold on so this means the person in charge and holding the power is yeah. hiring the person because of a based, relation yeah based yeah. on kinship so okay so this changes it so then your friend or whoever it was that got the interview yeah. that's not a form of nepotism but were they in charge of you or had influence yeah okay so got it so but it's the power influencing but networking it's still you're networking, you're in that space, you're in that environment, right? Um, let's say you wanting to be an actor, right? Mm. You're gonna go to like an affair, right? Where you, there's a stand and someone's talking about a network and they're, I don't know, introducing you to it or whatever, right? You going and networking with the person there and like showing yourself, you're in that right environment. Where mm. everybody has a similar skill set that they were invited to that fair, mm. or similar background, or you know they can kind of gauge how you are as a person and then give you that connection. I don't think that's nepotism. Mm, okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. it's in that industry, there is some credit to how you got in there. Yeah, but then it's like, and them favoring you. I don't think that that there's any issue with that. Yeah. But then it's like, let's say that there's a company, right? And they want to, I don't know, they're just starting out. It's a startup. And let's say I want to do it about, I don't know, motorbikes. And I want to start a company about motorbikes. Iman doesn't know anything about motorbikes. And I'm like, you know what, Iman, I know you're organized. Yeah, you might not know much about motorbikes. I know you know about this and this and this come work with me. And then Iman comes and the company like gets really big. Mm. Like, but let's say our management style is not good because we don't have that knowledge. That's what happens a lot. Well, they'll bring some, it happened when um, uh, COVID happened and they were hiring people for PPE from Mm. like friends and stuff. Mm. So it's like, that is a form of nepotism because they give that contract to a friend who might not necessarily be ready for that role. Mm. But that happens all the time. Yeah. There's so many people that I've worked with in the past and I'm just like, you know, there, there's certain elements of the role that I feel as though you're not fulfilling. And I know that you've got, and particularly if I know that they got the job through nepotism mm. and it feels really, really unfair, mm. particularly when 
they're a couple of grades higher than you in salary. Mm. That's all. That's always going to be a sticking point. And you're always going to feel, right, well, you don't feel as qualified as perhaps you should be mm. or ready for the role and just not quite there yet. Mm. And I know that you got in through X means and it's unfair. But then this is where, with nepotism as well, just on 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 a separate separate point is when we're talking about women when we're talking about ethnic minorities does nepotism help to lessen that gap but that's what i was saying in terms of let's say as a woman of color i go to a job fair that it is for people of color to get into certain industries yeah and I network there, that is not nepotism. Mm. Right. If but, I get referred. Okay, okay but networking, but let's, I'm talking just nepotism. Yeah, I think. I, I, would that be, <laughs> would that be, would that be more unfair than a white man hiring a white man? But it's not even just racial diversity, it's socioeconomic diversity, That's it's true. accessibility, yeah, yeah, yeah. disability, yeah, all yeah, these yeah. things also added. play into yeah. it. So you have, you might have someone from a very, you know, who is a person of colour, who's been to amazing universities, has had a very privileged upbringing and great education. Yeah. And you might have someone who, on the other hand, might not have had that and have had a really, really difficult upbringing who got to that place through a lot of hard work. But then this, and, is, this is where I would bring in the argument about racial diversity. Mm. Because even though, yes, socioeconomically, let's say... Um, uh, uh, Sorry, I was just going to say, bring your microphone. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's say somebody who has um, a different socioeconomic makeup to the person of color that is privileged. Mm. Yeah. Let's let's just give the example of a white man. Yeah, a white man will still be able to learn ways around adapt. adapting to a certain type of person mm. that would typically be hired yeah whereas the person of color though yes they may have come from a privileged background though yes they may have you know gone through the best education systems and though yes they might come from a a, a, a brilliant family and a supportive family and, and have always had that support system behind them still has to always prove themselves yeah the, the extra mile whereas a white man doesn't have to do that. It's then the we privilege. get no, it's but the then privilege. we get into yeah. the conversation of inclusion versus diversity, right? And inclusion mm-hmm. is how that person is going to fit into that team socially, and you know, in the cult, like the cultural workplace. Do you get my right. in workplace mm-hmm. culture? How they'll fit into that team, and they might adapt, and they might, let's say, a Muslim person, for example, who doesn't drink, mm-hmm. might not be in the same they might not be able to go out with them or do things with them and like get closer in terms of workplace culture mm-hmm. right and that is inclusion mm-hmm. that that affects the inclusion so I, I think personally we have to tackle inclusion and then we can tackle diversity so 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 if you wanted to tackle inclusion as opposed to diversity yeah mm-hmm. would you say that having a muslim into a predominantly white workforce mm-hmm. and culture yeah be the wrong thing to do no absolutely not that's what i'm saying about we need to fight for better inclusion 
So we need to make teams that are more accepting and more open and that adapt better to people of different But then you have to do that through di- But then you have to do that through di- I would argue that you have to do diversity first because you need to get those different people yeah, in. Yeah, but also it's also about training and it's also about teaching and it's also about bringing consultants and people to teach these people on how to adapt into those environments. No, but then but then this is where I disagree with you because just because, let's say, for example, just me as a Muslim, yeah, mm. I have been around so many circles whereby the social, socially accepted norm is to go to the pub. Mm. Yeah. I don't feel comfortable going to the pub. Mm. Yeah. I don't drink. I don't like going to the pub. I I go on, you know, very, very rarely I have been, and I have only been to the pub because I feel like I'm missing out on certain mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. and I feel like there's conversations that I had and it just it just brings the team together and there's certain team members that that I've got really great relationships with but just because I don't drink or I don't go to the pub I I'm I'm never afforded the opportunity or the chance to build that outside of working environment mm. but what I would say to that is that's fine if if that's the culture that they have and that's what they like those are just their preferences and, and and that's just what they like to do but what 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 I don't want to happen is them feeling as though because I'm there they now can't go to the pub mm-hmm. because that's what you like so I would rather mm-hmm. there would be more people who are like minded to myself and then we're able to and there's no hard feelings and we're able to say actually I'd rather not go to a pub and I'd feel more comfortable with that because I'd be like I'm not the odd one out that's not going yeah. and I'm not saying that you can't go to the pub of course go to, that's, that's what you want to do that's yeah. not a problem and then we yeah. can do something all together as a team but if I'm the but, only one in the team that doesn't want to go to the pub and the overwhelming majority is that they do want to go to the pub I'm not going to be the one that stops that but then they can go somewhere that they can drink but is also inclusive for you that might not be a pub do you get what I mean? And they Agreed. can learn that through, through speaking to people from more diverse backgrounds, having a consultant come in and talk about these things. There are so many different places, right, that there will be a Christmas, they'll get a hamper, a Christmas hamper as a gift or whatever. And it'll be a Muslim woman or a Muslim man or whoever who doesn't drink a, a crate of like alcohol and all these things that they can't consume mm-hmm. to their house, to their home. And that that has not been researched because it's just the norm. It's just because they haven't they haven't been exposed to any of that before. And so that needs to be tackled, I think, from my opinion, that needs to be tackled before you bring those people in. Or maybe it needs to be tackled because of, you know, they've brought the person in and then they adapt and they learn. But at what cost? Are that person not feeling, uh, being a lesson to them? Do you get what I mean? I think there's also a factor here of them caring. Because a lot of people just don't care. But sometimes you have to teach people to care. No, but sometimes they just don't. Sometimes you can say, oh, this is how I live my life or this is how I think. And they go, well, I don't think like that. So I'm just going to move on. Some people genuinely, we're not one of those yeah. people. But they are just like, it's my way or it's my way. But the only way you can do that. Or especially, sorry, them, especially when the society is benefiting favors them. them. Yeah. yeah. They don't but then, they don't but then you need to still give the opportunity where you're teaching that. Whether they take from that or they don't, that shows them as a leader, a good leader or a bad leader. But you still need to teach it. You still need to expose them. I'm sorry, we live live in one of the most diverse cities in the world. And also add on to that, another thing, which annoyingly, technology is everywhere. If they really wanted to learn, they could go and educate themselves. Yeah, but okay, but but 
I've, I've got two things to add here, yeah? The first is not everyone, and I can, I guess, speak for myself, I would never feel comfortable enough to speak to managers or directors and say, actually, I don't want to go to the pub anymore or I or I, I feel like I'm being excluded. Mm. The second thing, and maybe that's just something that I need to work on in terms of confidence, but I don't want to feel like I'm being the burden. I don't want to feel like I'm being the difficult one. And then the times that I don't want to go out with them, I've made all of this fuss or not, not necessarily go out with them, but as in like, just go out in general. I, I brought up all this fuss when I don't go out all of the time because I, 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 like to go home yeah and i like that time too right mm. and sometimes i do need a break from yeah, that stuff and I can't, yeah but yeah but if you if you make a big fuss about something and then you're not there all the time they think you're like you feel like yeah and then the second be, yeah. thing the second thing is how many times do i not need to go to the pub for them to realize that actually maybe they should change that is but that is that not, not is that gonna, not a really but they loud enjoy it, so they're not going to change it the, it reminds me of that episode of Friends where Rachel doesn't smoke. Yeah, I was going to say it reminds me of smoking. Cream. Yeah, you know when Rachel doesn't smoke and All she has her deals. manager and the, uh, her colleague and her colleague does smoke. And they go down and they yeah. uh, have a little uh, chatting session. They make all the decisions for the rest of the month. She gets given opportunities and stuff all because they're... Smoking. Becoming closer and connecting based on this commonality, right? Yeah. Based on smoking, and they're more social. And she then goes and pretends she's a smoker so that she can also be presented those opportunities. Yeah. So it does, there is an element of like, because workplace culture gets tied into it. People, when you're connecting to them emotionally outside of that workspace, you're developing that relationship and it's yeah. becoming more than just work and you're seeing yourself in that person and you're connecting more. And it can create, it can create a favour to them. But there is though, there is favouritism in the workplaces, you know? Um, and I think that that is really difficult to, to accept mm. because someone like me or someone like you two, we're always going to be excluded from yeah. certain activity we're yeah. always going to be excluded from decisions being made yeah. and that is a really really harsh reality that we are met with so in my view it's harder for me to be more inclusive and I, I'm talking about it's harder not necessarily harder for me to be more inclusive but it's it's harder for me to understand what an inclusive workplace looks like because I don't see that happening for myself mm. what I do see and what I can change is diversity. Mm. And what I can do is use nepotism to bring as a tool up. to increase that, yeah. which is why I said I disagree with, with prioritizing inclusion over diversity. But then I don't think you can call that nepotism if they are actually skilled enough to be in that role. Because I don't think you would go to someone just because they're a person of color, but they're not trained enough in that role because it no. will reflect badly on you. No, but what I would say, so for example, someone in the IT industry, what I would say is I wasn't in the IT industry and I'm not trained to be in the IT industry. However, if one of you two or any of my other friends, for example, who are very, you know, alike to myself, I would say it's fine. We can help you. We can train you. Yeah. And I will help you. Yeah. Even if you ne don't necessarily have the correct qualifications for it, but you have some transferable skills and I know what your work ethic is like, and I know that, that, that you will get to that place and we will get you there. I'll absolutely take that chance then I don't think because someone nepotism. because someone took that chance on me. Yeah. Then mm. I don't think that's nepotism. I don't. I don't. In some form, it falls in the know. definition, but I, I know what know. you mean. It, we're conflicted. Yeah. yeah. It's anyway, 
I thought that would be a good um, Tell us what teaser. you guys think. What, yes. Please tell, tell us what yeah. you guys think. Do you think that's habits? Yeah, do you think it would? Probably forms of mm. it's it's a lot more complicated than than we've obviously. It's a lot more nuanced. Yeah. We should maybe yeah. do another episode on it, actually. Yeah, definitely. Right. But thank you for listening, guys. And Thanks, guys. See you soon. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.